So today I have Marcy, who's one of our advisors. She taught both of her children through sunlight, um, kindergarten through high school, and we now she's an advisor. She, you will contact her. I will throw her link um, to advisors down below so you can reach out to her and ask her any additional questions from this. And we also have Marcy's daughter, Meredith, with us. Meredith um, graduated in 2018 from college and joined us about six month months ago. She's our digital marketing manager. And she um, is who is putting together the stuff on the website that you're seeing and all of our emails. If you're not signed up for the email list, I'll link that down below too. So you can make sure that you get all kinds of good stuff from Sunlight. Um, we have a book list that is a really good resource and that we kind of have been putting together. I mean, people use these books all the time, right? We always hear of people using our book list, but I want to also drop that link below. So you can find very um, age appropriate books for your children right now, since we all have a little bit more time to be reading, right? So let's talk a little bit about how we're engaging with books and let's talk about how we choose books. Marcy, can you start talking about how Sunlight chooses books and how we really can qualify them as good books for people? Yeah, if you guys don't mind me using my cheat sheet because- um, You have a seven step process, so. Yeah, so Sarita has a criteria that she uses when she is looking at books. Um, and so the criteria that she uses are the characters realistic because everything we do is integrated with our history content. And the purpose of them is to introduce our kids to characters that are living the history that they're studying. So we want those characters to be realistic. Um, number two, do the characters change and develop? You know, as an advisor, something that I hear sometimes from parents is, well, you know, that wasn't a really, that person is not a good person. I'm not sure if I want my child to read about somebody who did something like that. And what we want to see is that maybe a character starts off as somebody that you don't think is real nice, but we want to see some kind of evolution, some kind of change in their character. Um, does the content, does the content add to cultural literacy? Um, so you will find books about people from all over the world, from all over walks of life, who don't look like you, who don't speak your language, who don't live in your culture, um, because we want to introduce our kids to things that are different. Um, is the plot intriguing and multidimensional? Because really, who wants to read a book that's no fun? Um, is the plot emotionally compelling? And this is part of what we do when we integrate that with our history content, is that studies tell us that if our kids have their emotions, um, invested in a story and their imaginations peaked by characters who are different than them, then they will remember the content, gives them something to, to connect the content to. Um, is the writing verbally beautiful? Um, again, we want the literature that we use to be of high quality, to be well-written, not only because it makes a good story, but this is how we're educating our kids as well in their language arts. What is a good sentence sound like? What is good writing? How should it sound? We're training their ear to hear things um, so that when it's not right, it's kind of a clunker to their ear. Um, and is the book rereadable? Because we all have these great shelves full of books and we want it to be something that is engaging enough and entertaining enough that we want to go back and revisit it. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever reread a favorite book, sometimes there are things that you pick up on or hit you the second time through that you didn't notice the first time. And we want our kids to be able to reread it and have those aha moments later on. 
That's great. Meredith, do you have anything to add? How about your favorite sunlight book? <laughs> so many. That's the hardest question ever. Uh, but the thing with this is, it's how we choose our books at sunlight. But whether or not um, you use sunlight, if you're at home and have a lot of time to read with your kids, um, this is just a good uh, good things to keep in mind when you're choosing the right kind of books so that you're not just getting a book that's entertaining or distracting or eating up the time, but you're choosing books that start interesting conversations uh, that make you think, that help you engage with interesting characters, that help you learn. So um, a book can be an awesome way to kind of um, help educate your kids and expose them to new ideas in a way that's entertaining and engaging and doesn't feel like work. Uh, so with a lot of extra time that a lot of us are having at home right now, it's a good opportunity to read and um, to find books that, um, I don't know, some of those special books that can really add something to your life and that you can revisit again and again. I don't have a favorite sunlight book. Every time I walk through the warehouse and look at all of our books, I'm like, oh, I remember this one, I remember this one. They mark different stages in your life and uh, that's powerful. So uh, now especially is a really good time to take advantage of a little, ex little extra reading time. Absolutely. So, as you read with your children, you read aloud, or um, maybe you have your sunlighter already and you're following, um, a, you know, an instructor's guide. As you read aloud with your children, you look for opportunities to engage. So let's talk a little bit about how we can do that. How can we really um, engage a little bit more into the book and have those deeper conversations? Marcy? Oh, you want me to take that one? Okay. So, <laughs> so there are a couple, there are some things you can focus on as you're reading with your kids. The first one to, to really talk about are the characters in the book. Um, we touched on this earlier. Are these nice people? Are they not nice people? Do they live like you? Do they look like you? What do you think about the choices that they make in the story? Um, would you make a different choice? You know, you can really delve into these characters and understand who they are as people as you read the story. Um, the next thing I'd look at is the plot. Um, you know, for younger kids, that looks like, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think will, what do you think that choice will lead to? Um, if you made a different choice, do you think the outcome would have been different? Those kinds of conversations. And then for an older child, you can really dig into the literary analysis of, you know, what's the plot here? What's what led up to the climax of the story? What happens after that leads downward, the falling action that leads downward to um, the closing of the story? You can kind of, you know, depending on how academic you want to get with it. Um, vocabulary. This is one of the reasons why read alouds are almost always one to two grade levels above your child's independent reading level because we want to introduce them to vocabulary. Um, now, keep in mind that your child does not have to understand every single word. You know, <laughs> Meredith will remember her sister just couldn't handle not understanding a word. And so it was always like, wait, what was that word? And, and I'd be like, just wait, just hold your questions. Because it's a real skill to learn to fill in the context clues of a story for words that you maybe don't know. Then when you're done, go back and pick up those words again. Okay, here was that word you didn't understand. What does it mean? If you don't know, look it up, um, put it in the context of the story. But it's also good to encourage your kids to learn to fill in those context clues because honestly, don't we all do that all the time? I don't understand every word and every 
you know, article that I read online, but my mind understands how to fill in a context clue. I can make an educated guess. I think it's good to encourage your kids to do that. Um, but then also use it as an opportunity to learn new vocabulary as well. Um, let's see what else I have here. The context, um, I just think this is a really great chance. We talked about earlier talking about um, what part of the world they live in? What is their life like? How is it different from yours? Is it a time difference? Is it different periods of history? Is it a cultural difference? Is it different parts of the world? Um, really helping your kids connect with a world that's different than their own is super valuable. Um, we read a lot of, you know, historical literature in our house. Um, and I think we learned a lot. And then we took what we learned and we did things with it. Um, we used it to create a sense of curiosity about the world that I think is really, really important. Because if you can make your kids curious about the world, if you can, you know, kind of light a fire under their imagination and their curiosity about things that are different, the educational part kind of takes care of itself because they'll go out and learn their own. They'll go out and learn on it about it on their own or they're connected to things in their life that um, are more familiar. So. Those are some great ways to kind of connect with what you're reading. Meredith, do you have anything to add? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's less about following rules and more about just seeing the opportunities to engage with your kids and start conversations. And um, like you said, there are certain things that kind of automatically will pique a child's interest. And um, those are the things that you can use as an opportunity to dig deeper into those areas or find more books or more resources in that area. Um, I homeschooled for a little while. I homeschooled some kids overseas, some missionary kids. And um, I was talking to a couple people and they're like, my kids just hate reading. Um, and I remember telling them, I, I, I think you can find a book that is engaging to them and helping track down some books um, that had topics that were interesting to the kids, especially, you know, maybe like a teenager that was resistant to reading or um, a kid who was just starting out. Um, finding things that are interesting to your kids that engage them, that um, keep their brains busy. So that just opens up a lot of opportunities to have those conversations. So these kind of discussion questions are a good guideline to kind of get you started. But a lot of times those conversations just flow naturally. Um, adding on to the point about context and using the book to start a bigger conversation, um, figuring out where that book fits um, and the rest of the things your kid is learning about, marking things on a map or a timeline, placing things in a bigger, kind of bigger picture type of view. Um, that's one of the ways that we use books to build an education kind of from the ground up. And uh, those are things you can be kind of just keeping an eye out for, as uh, keeping an eye out as you read, just for things to point out and dig a little deeper into and just mention, um, yeah, it's not it's not difficult to do if you're just enjoying exploring a story with your kids. These kind of conversations kind of um, work their way in naturally. And I have so many memories of um, having those kind of discussions growing up, uh, finishing a chapter and then spending some days a long time discussing the ideas that we encountered. Um, You'll probably encounter some difficult issues occasionally too, depending on what you're reading, especially in a lot of historical fiction type content about difficult times in history. And those are also really, really good opportunities to have um, conversations and be able to engage with those in a safe and healthy place. And that's something I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to do. 
and you never even knew I was doing it. See how tricky I was? <laughs> you know, I think we all are concerned about teaching our kids character. And one of the things that's kind of um, talked about a lot on social media is how, you know, bullying and how to teach our kids compassion and how to teach our kids, um, you know, to value other people that are different. And I think literature is like magic when it comes to that, because it's the only way for your child to really feel what it's like to be the person on the other side. We have this great book it's, that we use here at Sunlight. I, I don't know if you guys have read it. It's called The Hundred Dresses. Um, it's a beautiful story about bullying, but you know, you can lecture your child all day long, but when they read a story and they go, mom, that's not right. That's so sad. Why are they doing that? That is a great teachable moment. and. And it's not mom lecturing them another time. It's just, wow, they really connected with that person. They're really feeling something. So um, these are the opportunities you look for. And that's the stuff that sticks. So, um, you know, and it's connected to story, it's memorable and it's connected to an experience that you had instead of just something that you've heard. So um, instead of um, a lot of people who are maybe have a little extra time on their hands and are looking at it as um, just reading, um, engaging in books with your family is never just reading. It can um, be something that has a lot of impact and um, carries a lot of opportunity. Very good. So in to that end, we hear a lot of times people want to bring books to life. Do you have any advice? Do you have any ideas of how we can help bring those books to life other than just conversation? Oh, yeah. So we used to love to cook we, and we love to craft. So, um, you know, you can buy craft kits or lab books or things like that to go with your books if you want to do that. But we also found a lot of great resources for recipes. Um, we used recipe books from, you know, um, the Middle Ages. We did a lot of colonial stuff. You can find such great resources out there. Um, dress up have a meal, uh, costumes, you know, we were, we were a costume kind of acting out family. So, um, you know, whatever interests your kids, I think you should seize on their natural, um, the way that they play, the things that they like to do and find ways that you can incorporate the book into them. Um, right now, I guess we can't really talk about field trips, which is super sad, but if you can take field trips to places that um, connect to the material that you're reading, that's super great. Um, have them retell or act out a story. Uh, Meredith and her sister loved to write their own plays. And a lot of times the characters from the books made appearances or the plays were based off a book they wrote or they read, I'm sorry. So, you know, there are lots of ways to, to bring in activities around a book you're doing. Um, and all of that is really what we're doing with literature-based education anyway. That's like the foundation. That's the thing that informs everything we do is, you know, how can we expand on the literature and what can we tie it to, to create a meaningful experience? Absolutely. Meredith, do you have anything to add? Any memories from when you were younger? <laughs> um, I mean, the things we were reading about just worked their way so naturally into our play and what we were, um, you know, the ways we were keeping ourselves busy. It just, it, it wasn't a lot of even planning to try to make those things real. It just happened naturally. It was what we were interested in. It's what we were reading about. And um, the books that we grew up on captured our imaginations and just kind of worked their way 
in. Um, yeah, I just, so many memories, every, you know, running around in the backyard, just totally swept up in <laughs> a different, different universe, different place. You know, we were on the Oregon trail or <laughs> in our little homestead cabin, you know, depend every, everything we were learning about in school, just, it felt real because the books were an experience. You know, we felt like we were connecting with characters who were real people and experiencing places. And it, like, you know, it's such an emotional connection, like we said, um, that different stages of my life growing up felt like I just relate them so strongly to like what I was learning about in school during that time, which is so strange, but I can mark developmental stages in my life with the things that were on my mind and interesting me and engaging me. And that's what I was reading about in books. <laughs> so um, yeah, I do think it just kind of creeps its way naturally. Um, it, it's an experience your kids are having and it shows itself in writing and drawing and play and, um, but it is really good to open up the door for those things. Um, you know, mom always had recipes and crafts and things like that, that she, um, did, you know, guide us in. So there was some guided, um, application as well, but a lot of it, I think just happened naturally. <laughs> well, this is, I hope that you all have, um, found this little tiny piece of advice on how to engage with your books a little bit more helpful thank you marcy and meredith for joining me and um we i you know we will be putting an infographic or um a piece that you can set next to your desk or wherever and in you could you could fold it up and use it as your bookmark um but it will help walk you through and um that link will be in the comments of this video i hope that this is helpful and we will see you next time bye guys bye